Are you ready? Yes. Get. Stop talking to the window. Talk to the fucking microphone, Joe. You do all the time. No. You wander off. There was a little lady dog in earlier. You liked her. She was a big, black, fat dog. Old, with like, grey face. Not like him. Right. You can edit that bit. No? Yeah. yeah cool. Maybe. I'll put it as a teaser. See if I can be <laughs> Sustain. Nutrition. Ching. The Fat Podcast. Episode 23. 22. Whatever. I think. I don't know. Maybe. If it's 23, then. Whatever I said, you just said, no, wrong. There's a secret episode that you need to turn left and listen to all of them to access. Right. Play this one in reverse. Bosh. We'll speak to Might make more sense. Satan. <laughs> Joe, what is the subject? Intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a subject that we have been called on for, and then we're going to have a little bit of a general chit chat. I have decided. Yes. Well, not that most of our podcasts don't descend into that anyway. But yes. So intermittent fasting, for those who don't know, is a basically a set period of fasting, and then you have a set uh, a set window where you can eat. It's how most people diet. They just eat nothing for ages and then binge loads. Yeah. Like, everyone does some kind of form of fasting unless you sleep eat. Or stay awake to eat. So the two kind of typical ones are the 5-2, where five days you kind of pretty much eat as you want, and then two days you eat, I think it's about 500 calories. So whatever two days you're going to do. And they usually do them kind of back-to-back, which sounds like it sucks so you're not completely fasting because you still have a small amount of food 500 calories um and then the five days allegedly you can eat what you want and then the other popular one is a 16-8 where you fast for 16 hours and then you have an eating window of eight hours um i think that's about it for the rules in it just yeah generally people will have a bit of black coffee water fizzy water because it's slightly more filling uh, but is it? Yeah, don't know that. Um, That's where I'm going wrong. The gases fill you up, fill up your guts, and that's it. You know, and some people kind of tout this as a miracle diet. It means that you can eat whatever you want and not gain weight or still lose weight within reason, isn't it? I think you're stretching the system a tad. There'll be people who kind of bastardise it, won't there, and say mm. that, but we know better. Yeah, so the kind of the claims are that because you're giving your guts a rest, um, it's got loads of healing properties. It helps you um, increase your insulin sensitivity. It helps you um, release more growth hormone because you're not completely kind of battering your digestive system. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Joe? Uh, I would say <clears throat> I think the things that you said there about the giving your digestive system a rest and insulin sensitivity are great, but they're just nice byproducts. Most people are going to look at it from a fat loss perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a client do really well on it. I haven't had many clients try it. I had one client do really well on it, and another lady, I didn't really see any benefit to her being on it, if I'm completely honest. Yep. I think. It's a lovely idea, isn't it, that you can have two days off or you can limit yourself to eight hours. It's just going to depend entirely on the person, isn't it? If it actually does put you in a calorie deficit and you lose weight, then winner. But for most people, there's a certain set of habits that have got you to being overweight. You know, you've overconsumed on certain types of calories and limiting the windows that you can eat those isn't really solving the issue for me because five days a week 
or eight hours. They're still quite big windows. Like if you gave me eight hours to eat, I could, I could happily. I could shovel down. I could happily food. storm through my calorie allowance. And the same for the five days thing. And I think that the extra benefits, you know, you're talking about your insulin sensitivity and your growth hormone, your digestive health. That's cool, and it's probably quite well suited to people who have issues with those who are able to follow this protocol so it's Jim Stepani does it quite a lot doesn't he it's quite, uh-huh. a few, quite a few physique guys will do it but they have a very different set of habits to the standard individual and so I think that it's a nice idea if you're quite far down your nutrition journey I think if you're near the start of it it's probably going to be a bit of a gold at the end of the rainbow it's, it's a nice idea but for me it's not where I'd start people because it's a large level of restriction and a large level of freedom and most people aren't very good with that large level of freedom yeah I think Going back to something, picking up on what you said there, like if you want to diet and you want to lose weight, you need to create a calorie deficit. So if you miss your breakfast, you've got greater odds of creating a calorie deficit because you're missing out a meal. So I actually did intermittent fasting for about six months and I found it okay. I don't, can't say, you know, my goal was weight loss. I can't say I lost any more weight than I have done previously eating you know five or six meals a day there was no kind of real difference <coughs> I didn't feel any different I didn't look any better <laughs> how was your hunger when you were on it so the first kind of first few days um, it was quite rough I did I was had an eating window between 12 and 8 um, and I found it quite hard I was waiting for 12 o'clock to roll around but then after that it got much much easier and sometimes I pushed my fast back even more I think I did 20 hours one day but as you say, I think you've got a good analogy where, what is it if you come out of a oh, yeah. conference? So the idea is whether you should do intermittent fasting or not is if you could not eat for 12 hours and you leave a room and on the left-hand side is a table full of nutritious food with your fruits and your veggies and your meats, protein sources, whatever, your slow-release carbs. And on the other table is a buffet of all the processed high-fat foods that you'd normally enjoy. enjoy yeah. Whichever table you would go to, so if you go to the high fat table, or the high process table, the high calorie table, it's probably not going to be the right approach for you because it suggests that you can't moderate very well. You aren't able to intuitively eat well. Whereas if you'd be relatively happy to go to the healthy table and to, to have your fill there, then it's probably going to work for you. It'll probably work better for you. So again, you look at the people that we mentioned before, the, the physique athletes, Jim Stabani, people like that, people like James, who've got better nutritional habits. I put some air quotes. Did you just call put, me a physique athlete? I, I, didn't, uh, <laughs> I put some air quotes up. But, whereas most people who've tried intermittent fasting or who are looking at trying it probably aren't that far down the line. And it does work, doesn't it? It does work for some people. Because yeah. Five two was massive a few years ago. But the fact is, it's not. It's not going to be for everyone. It's, it's not. not as big now. So it's, it's would suggest that a lot of people tried it. It worked for a few, or it didn't. You know, it didn't work for the rest of the people, and it. Met, you know, you don't know if it's worked long term or not. It's quite a hard thing to follow, isn't it? I think one of the biggest issues we see with our clients, uh, and when they make poor nutrition choices, is hunger. <laughs> so if you, you know, what I mean, if you're not eating from eight p.m. until kind of twelve or one p.m. the following day, if that causes you to make poor nutrition choices then fasting is probably not for you. You know, you, you're probably going to still get a, a similar calorie intake and you're going to choose healthier foods. Kind of what I found was um, because I had such a limited window, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I know a couple of physique guys do it, is I was having much bigger meals. 
So say, you know, a normal physique guy, if you're cutting down your calories and they're eating six times a day, they're going to have six kind of smaller and smaller meals the closer they get to a show because they're cutting back on the calories. So I know um, one of our friends who's competed and he does intermittent fasting because then he can have two large meals. Instead of having six kind of small meals, he'll have two meals, which basically kind of three meals in a one So he feels more satisfied. But what I found was um, I was so concentrated on getting my protein in and then some carbohydrates that I really neglected my vegetable intake, <laughs> which wasn't great for my digestion, if you know what I'm saying. Also sounds a bit like a problem that a lot of our clients have already. Yeah, I was having kind of two two large meals, but then it was almost kind of a, not a, a struggle, but I was definitely not eating the amount of kind of vegetables or kind of high fiber foods that I would do normally. I know there's another friend of ours who um, has a very large calorie intake and if you try to restrict that into eight hours, then he's going to really struggle to get that volume of food. And I'd probably be the same. You know, if you look at when mm. I'm eating my, my maximum kind of amount. So if you look at it from an improving physique perspective or a sports performance perspective, and once you get to those higher levels, so this isn't going to be someone who's you know down on fifteen hundred calories. We're talking kind of four, five, six. You know, your Michael Phelps diets. The benefits there of giving your digestive system a rest, in, uh, insulin sensitivity, or the other one, growth hormone, you're gonna lose them, because you're not able to get enough food into that eight hour window. You know, you're gonna really, really hamper someone. You know, if you're trying to get four, five, six plus thousand calories in a day, you need to have a 14 hour window to do that. So, and ultimately that's where you kind of wanna get everyone to. In a, in a perfect world, you get people stronger and fitter and keep them a similar, uh, you know, body shape where they were happy and on as much food as possible. Now, intermittent fasting is going to make that slightly harder because you're losing that window. And that's, I guess, more from a performance or an aesthetics perspective. And obviously, you know, just mentioned that some physique people are are there, but that's not going to be everyone. So, you, again, just horses for courses, really. I think, give it a go. If you, know, if you like the sound of it and fasting yeah, is the you, you, crack on. If you wake up and you're not hungry, then, you know, go for it. And I do still sometimes still use it. I mean, generally, when I wake up, I'm usually hungry. Um... But sometimes if I'm not hungry, I won't kind of force myself necessarily to have breakfast and I might not eat until kind of 12 o'clock. But it's not necessarily a protocol. I think it really depends on, yeah, on you. I wouldn't force it on yourself. Don't think it's some kind of miracle. I think you know a lot of people think that if they do some fasting, then they can eat whatever they want. But it's still going to be very easy for you to overeat, you know, on your kind of calorie allowance or the, you know, your maintenance calories in those eight hours. Like Joe said, you know, if you fast and then you go for a pizza, you have some ice cream and then you have, you know, a not very good dinner and maybe a couple of glasses of wine or beers, it's going to be very easy for you still to gain weight even though you fasted. It's not going to change the fact that you need to be in a calorie deficit. It's a really nice idea, isn't it? Because it's the idea of rather than needing seven days of willpower, you need two days of willpower. Mm. And I get that. And I think that you just need to give it a go if you are... I, I think a lot of the things that I've said there are a, a bit negative because I've not really seen firsthand anyone get exceptional results from it. I know a lot of anecdotal stuff, you know, the things that I've said there, but for the people that I work with and for myself, I wouldn't be recommending it to anyone. I wouldn't be saying this is the way you should go because you just see people are so often, they lack the ability to moderate processed foods. I just don't think it's anything you can do overly long term. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's something about it, I think in that sense that you don't see many people still doing it now. You know, it's still kind of a buzzword and it's still knocking around, but it's not 
the Messiah, you know, it's not the be all end all. No, 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 it's not. It's certainly not a secret. I think one of the real benefits I took from it is it really teaches you about kind of not about hunger, but how to deal with hunger. Mm. You know, the fact that you know you'll get a lot of people who will make a poor choice and go, well, I had to eat something. Like, well, you know what? If you skip a meal and you go another two or three hours, you're not going to die. Yeah, you're going to be. A-okay. You know, you're not going to be passing out. You're not going to be, you know, getting super, super hungry and strangling someone. You learn a lot from different dieting approaches, don't you? And I was yeah. just thinking, as you said there, about like when I've done stricter diets, and I've not done intermittent fasting because it wouldn't work for me. I don't like the idea of getting up and not eating. And I don't. Well, you eat idea. quite. A, you eat a quite a high volume of food as well, don't you? So yeah. You would really struggle to get that into kind it's of like n- it's not going to be two or three meals. I could do it, but it's just not something that's ever appealed to me. I think you learn a lot when you go through different diet so you know when I've done the low calorie high output stuff it's like how much your body can do mm. when you aren't eating when you so, feel like you're running empty yeah like and it's why the SAS stuff and all that always really interests me because yeah. you just think how much could I do you know what would what would happen if someone was there and you know this was life or death like how far could you go that whole Darren Brown stuff is really interesting isn't it I've always thought like I'd love to be able to do a plank and time it and then someone hypnotise me and say right I am going to shoot your whole family and your dog how long can you plank for? And I reckon it'd be a hell of a lot longer. I had know. a client who used to, um, she's French, there's no real reason to know that. she in the, um, what's it called? Foreign Legion. <laughs> no, you don't have to be French, you're the Foreign Legion, Joe, come on, go with it. Um, but when she was doing planks, she said she used to think that if she stopped doing her plank, if we were doing it for a set time, that someone was going to kill a kitten. Right. <laughs> that was her motivation. And she bossed out those planks. Ah, uh, yeah, I can well imagine. I never killed a kitten. You didn't? No, did I? I was no. going to say you, your classes sound rough. <laughs> I think and that's. I guess that's one definitely a positive to the inter- intermittent fasting service. It will teach people you're all right. You can go twenty hours without eating. Yeah, or with eating very little. You know, over the course if you do a five-two diet, that actually you still feel all right. You know, it's not brilliant. You wouldn't choose to be there, but if it's going to help you stick to a fat loss regime, then brilliant. It's the other thing, isn't it, of why people love plans? Is it's super simple. And it's written out for you. You have two 500 calorie days. You eat what you want. There, done. I've just summarised it in a sentence. So it's always going to have that appeal because it doesn't require one to think. And this is where sometimes our plan falls down a bit because people come in and say, how does it work? And you go, well, actually, we're going to ask you loads of questions about yourself. Mm. And what's the best plan for you? Well, I don't want to do that. And that's cool. But the reason that we do that and the reason that we, you know, have adhered to it for so long is because we think it's the right thing to do. So it's kind of hard for... For us to then go, actually, do you know what? Intermittent fasting, that's the new sustain. But that might be, yeah, and that might work for some people. And that's kind of why we do with coaching and not just go, right, you, today you're doing intermittent fasting. Next week you're doing if it fits your macros. Full fasting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just finding out, <coughs> find out what works for you. And if it works for you, sweet, stick with it. If it doesn't work with you, then don't worry. It's not the be all and end all. You know, the whole idea, isn't it? You've got seven days a week. If you eat 2,000 calories a day and that's your maintenance, you then cut two days down, you know, you save 3,000 calories a week. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the science of it. And the same thing, you know, if you normally eat 16 hours a day and sleep for eight, so you switch that around, you've got a smaller window. It's just the same thing, you know, when people say, don't eat after six. Well, you don't eat after six, then you're going to cut back some calories. It's not a secret. It's not because, you know, calories after 6 p.m. change. It's because you're probably going to be snacking more. You know, you're going to have your dinner and then you're going to have some chocolate biscuits, you might have some ice cream, you might have some cereal, whatever it is. So if you shut down that window and you say, right, from 6pm onwards, like a gremlin, 
I'm not or mogwai, turning to gremlins. Um, I'm not going to eat anymore. Then you're simply putting a restriction on the amount of calories that you can have. And it's exactly the same with intermittent fasting. There's no kind of secret to it. You're just looking at how you can restrict calories. I think for any clients listening as well, if you want to try intermittent fasting, then just ask us and we'll give you the best sustained way to do it. Um, because there's ways that you can, uh, you know, I kind of critique James at the start for saying that people can eat whatever they want. Well, I don't, I haven't read the 5-2 book, but I doubt that's what the, you know, <laughs> there'll be an emphasis on nutritional food, won't there? That's a lot but of the people, mentality that goes into it. Yeah, of course. Words. Chinese whispers. Uh, yes, people say that. Is that racist? I don't know. I'm not the man to ask for these things. So, you know, people will take these systems, like if it fits your macros, and just work whatever they can, which is absolutely fine, because that's always going to happen. But there's ways that you can do it from a more nutritious standpoint, and that's what we're going to kind of always point people towards. So if you are a client listening, then do ask us, and we'll be happy to kind of point out how you could do it. Guess what? It's protein and veg. What <laughs> are your fasting days? So I think that is an of fasting, or our view on it. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. But it's not going to change your world. Yeah, it's just a calorie restriction. It's not a secret way of doing anything. So, moving on. There are actually lots of ways of doing it, isn't there? There's a bloke who's done a a YouTube series on it. And I think he did like a different one every month for 12 months. Fasting one month on, one month off. I don't think so. I think it was Jesus, wasn't it? That (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do the month on, thanks. Um, So there are kind of lots of different resources out there because people have tried it as it was the the buzz a few years back. I'll try and find who it was. I'll drop us a message. Mm. Um, So I thought we'd just do a little bit of a roundup. Obviously, we speak to a lot of clients every day, each week in the the group coaching and on the one-to-one coaching as well. So I thought we'd flag up a few issues that we see or kind of a bit of troubleshooting um, from what we see with people kind of not necessarily making mistakes, but maybe... Being suboptimal. Yes. Being, making mistakes. What have you seen this week, Joe? <laughs> oh, do you want to start with yours first? I'll make something up. <laughs> All right, so a lot of kind of things that I see, and we kind of both kind of pick up on as coaches, is the kind of language that people use. So again, you know, kind of going back to coaching, we ask a lot of, you know, kind of probing questions um, because we want to get down to the root, you know, issues that people have or the reasons. Odds are this is not going to be your first diet that you're trying odds are that you've been trying to lose weight for quite a lot of time and you've struggled so we're here to help kind of figure out why you struggled and what we can do about it so it's not just eat x y and z obviously nutritional advice is going to be part of it but kind of fixing your problems is going to be one so when you ask people you know okay what can we do about this problem what can we do about that problem what are you going to do next time why do you think this happened you get a lot of people saying well i think i need to do x y and z or sort my shit out yeah hopefully this will stop you know hopefully this will get better i might try this yeah and it's just even though it's just a very small thing a small word change just instead of saying right i think this is why it happens so next time i'm going to try this or you know it's just the only answer to any kind of change is by taking action you know i can sit at home and hope i win the lottery but unless I buy a ticket, I've got no chance of doing it. You've got to go out and try different things. It that, probably won't work. Yeah, that's the only way to succeed. But, you know, people who succeeded, so people who are successes, have more than likely failed more times than other people have tried. Yeah, I think it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's such a small thing. But what James is kind of saying there is, so, for example, I, I'm hungry on an evening, so I pick at... 
know, people say, I've got a sweet craving. Right, so we'll try fruits. If that doesn't work, we can try a protein shake. If that doesn't work, we can try yogurt. If that doesn't work, we can look at your lunch. If that doesn't work, we can go with water. So what I'm saying is, odds on the first thing you try probably isn't gonna work. You're gonna need at least four different, five different options to go to because sometimes you don't fancy yogurt or sometimes you, you know, you skip your lunch or whatever it may be. But if you can't even come up with something, a single solution to try, then your odds on you're gonna spin your wheels for four weeks and people will endlessly just say, you, know, you see the same mistakes over and over and over and over and you're trying to help get someone to commit to something. And all you want someone to do is try it. I don't care if someone says, right, I'm gonna try me some, I'm gonna have some fruit. Didn't work, I was still craving chocolate, so I had some. Cool, at least you're putting step act, like action steps into place because you've given fruit a go, it's not worked, we'll try something else. Yeah, but now we know that. Yeah, and so we know, we, you know we're taking a step forward because eventually something, you know, there's gonna be a straw that breaks the camel's back and something's gonna work. So we need, 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 need people to take positive action. And it's, it's hard, I can think of a couple of people this week who I've said, why don't you try having, what was one lady's? One lady's was, why don't you try having eggs for breakfast? And the next day she went, that's a good idea, I'll give it a go. The next day she had eggs and went, do you know what, that worked really well. And suddenly, Cream that, eggs. that is a, you know, a 30 hour turnaround from me first mentioning it to her buying the food to put it into place and it worked. Whereas if she just says, I could try that, I might try eggs next weekend, then you've got 12 days until, which is often what happens is people, delay and they find excuses mm. and they find, they make things harder for themselves I, you know i need to get some food in like it is 2019 and i'm sure there's some clients who don't have easy access to food but most people do like having an empty fridge is just such a simple problem to solve you just need to give yourself every chance of success the thing i always say make it easy and you to make it easy you've got to try different things because there's going to be one in there that solves your problem and if you just kind of stand back and go well i can't do it then that problem's never gonna go away. Yeah, then you are gonna be stuck where you are right now. And the fact that you are listening to this podcast or you know, you're paying for our services or you're not paying for our services, then I think that covers everything under the wall. <laughs> then you know, you probably are looking to change yourself and to and to improve. And you know, I know I am and it's but then, I mean, to find... this is not even just about nutrition, is it? This is about everything. If you yeah. have a problem, then look for a solution or you're just gonna have a problem. Scroll through your Facebook and see if you can find someone who just puts a problem out there. And then put solution, question mark, because you'll comment and see what they say. Oof. Don't do that. Do not do That's that. That's why you don't have many friends. Um, on Facebook or in real life. Except <laughs> for Fenton. Oh, he's asleep. He's pretending to sleep so he doesn't have to talk to me. Yes, yeah, so, you know, the biggest piece of kind of like nutritional advice, not nutritional advice, more mindset advice, nutritional advice would be eat more fucking protein and vegetables. <laughs> uh, mindset advice would be for whatever problems you have, break the, you know, just come up with a possible solution. Like Joe said, Odds are the first one is not going to work. Thomas Edison, 10,000 or 1,000? 1,000, I think. 1,000 attempts at making the light bulb. Imagine if you just done one and just gone, well, that didn't work. Best give in now. Yeah. No, 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 I can't invent the light bulbs. He kept on going, tried, refined, you know, tried, refined, tried, refined, until eventually he got there. You know, we get a huge, you know, common issue is emotional eating. So we'll come up with some possible solutions for that. But I'd say the first one's not going to work. But you can't get frustrated by that. You know, there needs to be consistency in the effort as well. So if, you know, you normally emotionally eat because you get, you know, pissed off with people at work, then we're going to look at strategies for, you know, things that can keep you calm or things that are going to make you happy that aren't, you know, don't involve you eating foods and drinks that, you know, take you away further away from your goal. 
but the first time it might not work and you might still smash in a bottle of wine and eat it. <coughs> Keep it down, please. The second time we try something else, might not work or it might work a little bit better you just got to keep on trying these things it's never going to be perfect but as long as you're trying you're making effort you're making progress it's, I think the good thing there is looking at the process and not the end result because if you just look at the end result Thomas Edison one light bulb in it's not worked well you look at it as a failure the process is he's found one way that doesn't work yeah. that's one that's one fewer he's got to what try can I, what can I learn from this prototype what do I need to adjust Yeah. how can I do this better and the people who do this the best and I think it's a funny one because me and you are both quite good at this, um, just being proactive in finding solutions. And it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. So even just writing these things down or speaking to a coach or speaking to a friend about it and just kind of writing down your problem and then what's the solution? There has to be something that goes into that box and then there has to be the next step. So if Possible the solu- solution. If the solution is eat more, then when are you going to buy the food? You know What are you going to eat? When are you going to buy it? When will it be in your fridge? Because otherwise you can have it's like when people say, I need to I need to be better prepared. Well, there's actually a lot to that because you need to decide what you're going to eat. You need to buy it. You need to cook it. Then you need to portion it up. So you've actually got four jobs there. So just decide what you're going to eat first because that's a two-minute job. You know, I could say next week I'm going to have a gammon joint and, you know, the sausage meat pasta thing that I, do, I know I really sausage, like. Sausage dog pasta. <gasps> sausage dog pasta. So you've already got, you've already made one decision. Now that's a tick in the right box. It's progress towards my goal. I haven't actually prepped anything. You know, I've just told you two meals I'm going to eat in 10 seconds. But it gives people that sense of satisfaction because they're getting closer, they're following a process. So that's what we're looking to try and get people doing all the time. It's just trying things. Even if they don't work, just give it a go. Because otherwise, it's really hard. Yeah, and it it needs to be some kind of... Something you can actually do. You know, often you kind of... We'll get people who say, I'll, I'll do what I can to eat on plan or to stay on plan. It's like, okay, now what... Other than you, obviously could possibly happen that could prevent that because you have ultimate ownership over everything that you eat and drink I'm not going to say everything you put in your mouth because Joe will get all giggly get all giggly Um, so yes you know and I use this example loads of times if I go around to my mum and dad's I'm not going to control what's cooked but I'm I've already kind of put that ownership I've owned the decision to go there and not be in control of my food so I can still kind of dictate what I eat, how much of it I eat. So it's just taking yeah, just take ownership of your choices. These are your choices. No one force feeds you. You're not like those ducks with a foie gras. It's a very hard lesson to learn. I think I remember first kind of encountering that idea and it was like, if someone says something to insult you, then you decide whether it offends you or not. And I remember thinking, what a load of bullshit. Like if someone says something nasty to you, of course it's going to offend you. And then over a period of time, it was that thing of actually, no, that does make sense. Working like, with me. Yeah, I do, <laughs> I do have a choice just to block him out and think, think of something else. But, and that's the, I think that's, that's the turning point, that's the tipping point for a lot of people is to go, oh yeah, I am in control of this. Like even if I'm at someone else's house and they put, you know, or I'm out with my mates and they buy me a glass of wine, I wouldn't expect anyone to not go to their parents for a meal. I wouldn't expect anyone to go out and have a drink bought for them and not drink it. I'm not saying you've got to find the bottle to have a go at your parents and your friends. What I am saying is you've just got to shrug your shoulders and go, that was my fault, such is life. Because I think people, they focus on the miners, don't they? Is they then look at that one meal at their parents, they look at that pant they have their friends and go, oh, you know, that's what's stopping me losing that's weight. But actually, there's loads of things stopping you losing weight. And they're the ones, the easier to change ones. You know, I was saying to some people I was working with recently, you know, I was going to write down all the crap food there over the week and then said, which one of these meant something to you? 
you circle two or three. Right, now we've still got loads of stuff to take mm. out. It's very, very rare we see people getting five tens and two nines over a week. You know, that would be a really, really good going to have two blips over the course of a week, let alone for people to do that and not make progress. I just don't, you know, there's a couple of people I can think of, but few and far between, you know, and it's the sooner you can take that ownership, the more control you have, the more changes you can make. If you're just going to, you know, if you want a better term, just kind of pass that book along all the time, then it's always going to be someone else's fault. But this, it's like if it was someone saying, you know, if you're, if someone crashes into your car, it's Will Smith, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to get it fixed. So it doesn't matter whose fault it is because it's your car, it's your body. You have to, to find a way around this problem because no one's going to do it for you. Yeah, you can't control what other people do, but you can control how you react to it. And that goes back to what you say with people being insulting, etc. Saying nasty things. Oh. And it is hard, isn't it, though? Like when you, you know, when you first start this journey to, to accept that someone else buying you a drink that's my fault. Someone else cooking food for me. That's my fault. The fault's I mean, it's not, it's not fault's a strong yeah. word, isn't it? But it's not your fault that someone's bought you a drink, but then it's still your choice to drink it or not. You know, and it's cool to drink it. Don't worry about that. I'm not saying don't ever throw, throw it on. Drink them. a drink, but ultimately it's going to be your choice. You know, you can't then come back and say like, "Well, my friends bought me a bottle of wine, so I had to drink it." Well, no, you still chose to drink it. No wonder. Good work. Chug, chug, chug. Drop either. I was going to say, "Bang a straw on that bad boy, get it down." <laughs> God, I feel dead. <laughs> so, yeah, anything else you want to add to this one? Mm, how long has the podcast been so far? Do you want another minutes. Go for it. Uh, no, I didn't really have another one, to be honest. That was yeah. more, more just a general question. That was great. Yeah, helpful, that, wasn't it? You can, you can edit out the last 30 seconds. So that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. You want the dog up there. Hello, I kind of liked that little high-pitched. No, um, yeah so guys any if you have any questions if you want any advice then just you know stick it in one of our groups oh your pardon? or drop us an email excuse me good night god bless <laughs>